let us go to God in prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we just say thank you for being the Spirit. Yes, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon this your heart. Move me behind the cross so that this day the words of my mouth will be the meditations of your heart. And the hearers will be your people, and their ears and their hearts will be good soil. We ask all this in your precious and Jesus' name. Amen. I'm neither a farmer or a gardener. In the physical sense. But do we have any gardeners in the building? Has anyone planted the garden, picked out the right plants from Lowe's or Target or Walmart? You've got that right, beautiful, blooming plant, and you pick out a spot right in the backyard, and little did you know. That's the spot that the dog likes. And no matter what you do with that soil, you've, you know, you've gotten the super potting soil and you've made something happen and it just doesn't look like the commercial. You know, the commercial that says if you use this soil with these minerals, the plant's going to grow three times bigger. But somehow that spot in your backyard is just not doing or, or, or maybe your grandmother and your grandfather were great farmers. They had these green thumbs of green thumbs. And you knew you had the gene because you had spent every summer at the farm. And you got this little plot of land and everything you put down, you don't even have to look at it. It just grows. And everybody says, oh, you got this, you got this gene. Oh, you can grow something. And the prize crop that you went cross town to get those seeds because they came off of the tree of a friend of yours that said, that's going to grow the best tomato. Everything in the garden grew except that tomato. God and traveled all the way across town for those seeds. And that ain't growing. Not one cherry tomato is growing. Some things grow and some things don't seem to do anything at all. But the seeds we're talking about today are greater than tomato seeds or better than okra and supersede collard greens. Many of you may know that I really like collard greens. 
But I'm telling you, since I've had the surgery, there's some things that don't like me anymore. And I'm trying to figure out all the commercials, you know, do you take vino before or vino after, do you do whatever, because there's things that sometimes we love, but our body says, can't grow here no more, can't do that anymore. But I'm talking about things that are greater than that. This morning I'm going to really look at seeds on good soil. So I ask you to begin pondering in your heart, what is good soil? If you ask the gardener what is good soil, they say it's really, really rich. Lots of nutrients. I can feel the dirt in my hand. I mean, a real gardener gets excited just seeing the dirt. They ain't planted a thing. They just, ooh, did you see the dirt? That's kind of how God is, you know. He just looks at some of us and amazingly stares at others and says, oh, I can just see the sun. Before it even rains, the gardener is looking at the weather report. They're just imagining how many inches of rain is going to fall over their garden and what's going to come and yield from the rain. I have a practice gardener that I live in my house with, and he's getting a lot of training from the experienced gardeners here in the community. He even got a little hat that he wears and stuff that he uses. I mean, he's got the uniform. If nothing else, he can get a book and a uniform and he'll go for it. But he's not a super gardener because he doesn't wake up yet dreaming of the garden. Every now and then, Mr. Amos will call our house. And I need nothing out of him, the gardener. And he kind of chuckles because I know Mr. Amos is trying to train the guy, and he's a good student, and, but Miss Amy says, you got to come now. You should see what is in the garden. I said, I said, does he have any water there? It ain't been raining much. I mean, what can really be grown? Well, while Donnell was in Africa, Mr. Evans came by and he said, I got these tomatoes for you, Pastor. They came out the garden. I got this squash. He came out the garden. And I mean, it was Cute-looking stuff. I said, he must have some tall up there. But it's not only the plants that are being planted. It's the tools needed for the heart. And it's the soil. And the water. All these things work together to grow into what God wants grown and good soil. Our psalm reading this morning starts out with, Your word is yet a lamp unto my feet that lights my path. In our gardens, in our heart, in our gardens, in our lives, sometimes it gets dark. It doesn't say that the light is for our heart. It doesn't say that the light is for our head. It says the light gives light to the pathway. 
Maybe you've been on a plane and you sat down beside someone, you flew the red eye, the night light, or whatever flight it was because it was cheap, but you were hoping that no one would talk to you. And then the stewardess gets on and they light the little pathway to let you know how you can come and how you can go. And your eyes adjust to the semi-darkness and you're really okay. But the very person who sits beside you turns on all three of the lights in the seat. And then they begin to ask you questions about who you are and where you're going and who you're planning to visit. And they simply just don't seem to understand you didn't want any light. At your feet or on your pathway at that moment because your pathway that you had committed to was to go to sleep. Sometimes that's how it works. You don't want the light, and God will bring the light anyhow. You don't want any light. You don't want none of the lights on. You're just trying to turn off all the lights. You go through here, you turn off all the lights, but it's just a little crack at the back of the window, and you can't shut out the light. Well, thanks be to God that the light is who God is. Because without the light, we would not have life. Without the light, we would not see. Without the light, we would not breathe. Without the light, the place we die. You remember Biology 101. Come on, go back with me to ninth grade. Maybe even mid-high. But they talk about the nature of plants. What does a plant need to grow? Life, good soil, little nurturing, even a little talking to. Come on, plant baby. Come on, you can grow some mama. See, a good gardener can talk to his plant. I remember you from a little seedling. I got you out of the package. Everybody said these seeds wouldn't grow, but you the seed that's going to grow. Oh, just come on. But we all need the life. So the psalm passage reminds us that not only do we need the light, but we incline to the light. When you go to camp and it's dark outside and it's nothing but trees, the light is a little hard to check out. But when you're at the pathway, even when it's all these lights here, if I take this light and I put it to the back, I can tell you it's straight up where it is. Because a light will find a new pathway. Even when there's even more light, direct light will find you. I can see the red flowers on Miss Dixon's dress just a little better when the light is pointing her way. So God sees us for who we are, but when the light shines on us, we have to remember he sees everything. But the light makes it even clearer. So I say to you this morning, it's about good soil, but it's also about the light. 
I asked earlier from biology class, what makes the plant grow? A combination of water, which in a spiritual sense is a combination of the Holy Spirit and the nature of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. All of us know that Jesus promised that there would be a comfort, and the comfort is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is here to keep us, comfort us, wrap his arms around us, as Ms. Mitchell mentioned. The Spirit nurtures us. That's the love. That's the grace. That's the mercy. That's the forgiveness. That's the revelation of knowing that you have a relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. He's the flood of the world. So you got to see, you know that there's a need for water. You're going to have to have the light on at some point to help that little plant grow. So what is the soil? I encourage you to view the soil as your soul. Think about it. My soul being the soil, the depth of who I am is about my soul. And the seeds of faith that God plants, he plants them in our souls. If you remember being 12 years old and singing the songs at Sunday school and coming to the program, the seeds that were planted by the previous Sunday school teachers and the previous VBS teachers, they put the seeds of faith. Believe it or not, God had already put them in. They were just being the water. They were just being the vessel that God was using to stir up your seed. But you see, God puts the seeds in each of us. Maybe when you were in elementary school, you grew that little plant that was in the Dixie cup, and everybody's plant died except for yours, and yours just grew up and up and up. And somebody says, you got to choke your little plant to death. I don't know why your potatoes growing and mine not growing. What did you put on it different? Did your grandmother give you something? Teacher, I think they got something from that house to make their plant grow because everybody else's plant died but dead. I don't know why my plant grew in elementary school. Because it sure wasn't my green thumb. And my grandmother had told me everything that I needed to do. The only thing that I did different from many of those other children was I was just crazy enough to talk to my plants. Don't die on me. I don't like all that dirt under my fingernails. I'm only planting this thing once for this class. Don't die on me. And God honored my place. She said, that poor child, if that plant dies and she's got to dig it up one more time, she's going to have a fit. And that little plant grew. But when the teacher said, you need to put it in a bigger cup because the roots are growing everywhere, I said, wait a minute. 
I signed on for one plant and one Dixie cup, and I am not doing this again. But it's good to have a nurturing friend in Christ Jesus, and it's also good to have a great friend in the fourth grade who really likes to dig in the dirt because they got a bigger Dixie cup and say, girl, just cut the cup out and sit it in here, and we'll tear the paper off later. You don't have to put that much more dirt in it. That's how some of us are in our spiritual journey. God keeps adding a little more good soil to our lives. But then he says, I need you to grow up. And so I'm going to replant you in some new places. I'm going to make the soil even greater because the ground I'm going to place you on is bigger than you could have imagined. So let's look at what it says in Matthew in verses 4. It says, and he sowed some seeds on the path. But the birds ate them. And then he put some other seeds on rocky ground, but there wasn't enough soil in the place for the depth of the soil so they could get rooted. They didn't do well either because eventually the sun rose and scorched them and they withered away. Then others put them over there with the thorns. And believe it or not, the thorns of we can't do that choked them to death. But then he looked at this man. He looked at the land where his heart is. He looked at the land where he has deposited his soul. He looked at the land that he calls the church. And he said, on this, I put forth good soil. This church didn't get to be 90 years old or moving into its 90th anniversary without some good soil. This church didn't get to be where it is because the soil was never turned over. This church didn't get to be the church that God has called it to be because it never watered the land. Maybe there's been some dry seasons. Or maybe there's been a few rocky places. Or maybe there's been some spots in this garden where the plants did not grow exactly as you hoped they would grow. But I stopped by here this morning with a proclamation to remind you that this is good soil. This is soil where the rain from the Holy Spirit runs down and is seeping to get into the depth of the soil. This is a place where God has considered it to be a place of nurturing, a place of love and care. But I'll be the first to say there's a few stones that have to be turned over. There's a few things that we still have to work on. Some people will openly admit that they don't like to get their hands dirty. Good soil or not, I ain't doing no digging. If the root doesn't get rooted, if it doesn't get watered, it won't be me. But I share with you the word abundance. 
all things that grow on good soil grow because of the abundance and wealth of Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. All things that grow are about the abundance and the love of Jesus Christ. When you look back over your life and you can say to someone else, I've come this far by faith. I've seen what the Lord can do. He's moved mountains. He's changed situations. He's broke down walls. He's moved things out the way. It's about the soil. It's about salvation operating in love through each of us. It's about the salvation of Jesus Christ operating in love through every single one of us. We are all called into relationship to walk out this journey. Again, I say the psalm talks about the light of the pathway. It talks about how we will be guided by a spirit through life. Naming the love of Jesus Christ as that guiding force. It doesn't say it's going to guide our heart. It doesn't say it's going to guide our feet. It's head. It says it's going to guide our feet through the path. Some of us have been brokenhearted. And so we're standing on our feet, one on top of the other foot. I'm not walking anywhere. I'm going to stay right here in this spot. The Lord has answered prayer, and until we see this prayer answered this exact way, we say, I'm not moving. I'm standing on the promises. But he's already answered four, five, six promises that he needs us to walk through. He needs us to journey through. He needs us to take the path where he has already written. He lit the path so we can see the light. And it may be a tiny light, but don't argue about how bright the light is. I said to a friend of mine the other day, I said, sometimes we argue about how many watts in the bulb. Is it a 40 watt? Is it a 60 watt? Is it a 75? Is it a 100 watt mix? And God is simply saying, I turned the lights on. And if you're home in the building and the lights are on, you know I'm in the place. The great thing about Jesus Christ these batteries will run out if I leave this light on all day and all night. I can shine it right up here, and after a while it'll get dim, it'll get dim, and then it'll go out. But the light of Jesus Christ is forever. The pathway that he's lit for our life, even when we try to go to scenic route, the light is still there. You can see it. Even when you squint your eyes because she says, please, Lord, don't turn it on too bright. It's still like that. He is the light. He is our path. Every gardener has a heart. Every gardener wants to grow something special. If you talk to a gardener, they may like beans one season. They may like potatoes another. But they get excited when they can grow that okra. 
Oh, they get excited. And you say, is it about the okra? Or is it about the memories of love that they experienced when okra was on the table? It's not always about the soil. And it's not always about the rain. And it's not always about the seed. But I encourage you to realize that it is always about the life. Because no matter what we do, no matter what we do, we can have the best soil. And we know in our heart of hearts that salvation is operating in life. We can feel it all the way down to our toes. And we can even have the breath and the wind of the spirit. And we are excited. But unless the Father knows you through Jesus Christ and you have been introduced to the life, I hate to tell you, you might land on good soil and you might land on the rock. You might land on good soil, but you might be in the thorns. You might land on good soil the first time, the second time, but then you got a rocket time and, and your garden doesn't grow. But go back to the church. Look for the light. On the path. Speak to God. Ask Him what you need for God in 101. If He says redo your soul, He'll redo it with you. If He says you need more love on any given day, He'll give you more love. If you need the water, He'll send the Spirit. If He needs to be touched, He'll send the touch. But go to the light. And if your favorite crop is okra, he will grow you okra 60 times, 70 times, 100 times over. You have so much okra, people think you done opened up an okra farm. You have enough okra to give away to anybody, anytime, anyhow. If you're sore here, maybe your side needs to be turned. Maybe your side needs a little more water. Or maybe your side just needs to have a little more talking to you Jesus Christ. Talk to that thing. Let the Father talk to you. Let the sower who brought forth the seed from the very beginning to speak unto you. Because I say to you, what God planted when you were 12, if you're honest with yourself, it may not have grown until you were 24. What he planted at 24, it didn't even bloom until you were 41. What he planted at 41, you didn't see come to fruition until you were 68. And what he planted at 68, oh, I don't know, but it's still a what a mighty seed he has put into us that will grow season in and season out. So I say to you, whatever season you are in in your life, may the good soil 
me what God has called to be healed this day. The doors of the church are open. 